Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg. I'm Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg, and you just entered the database. And for today's issue, we're going to be focusing on Sfiras Omer. It is Chalmoid Pesach right now, and Sfiras Omer, literally the counting of the Omer, is something that is going to be with us for the next 40 plus days. And I wanted to just discuss a little bit about what exactly Sfiras Omer is. There are certainly different layers of Torah to explain the idea of Sfiras Omer, and there's perhaps a lot that we just take for granted but do not actually know about this concept of Sfiras Omer. And I wanted to touch on the different levels of understanding of Sfiras Omer and also introduce a new series that we'll be beginning here at the database. But first, I wanted to just thank our sponsors who are sponsoring Lulei Nishmas, Shmuel Menachem and Arya Leib, and Leah Bas Avraham. There, Nishmas should have an Aliyah. And with that, let's now focus on Sfiras Omer. So, there again, once once again, there's a lot <laughs> that we take for granted about these simple topics, um, which are not actually so simple, but they're a part of our lives. So on the second night of Pesach, we begin counting something called the Sfiras Omer, the counting of the Omer. The Omer, Omer is literally a measurement. It is a, from the word, it's based on the word Ma'amer, which means to gather. And that is because they, they would gather the barley from the barley harvest, and they would bring a special carbon. There's a special carbon called the carbon Omer, which has connections to Pesach, but the connections to Pesach at first glance seem to be really only surface connections. And that is because the, um, you know, it happens to be, so to speak, that the carbon Omer was brought, it was offered on the second day of Pesach. But you don't find so much, for example, in our Pesach liturgy um, or really anything really so connected to Pesach at all that speaks to what the Omer is all about. Um, it's really not till Pesach is over, this Pesach is over, Omer, and it's not until Pesach is over that we're fully invested in Sfiras Omer, and it's because we have plenty on our plate when it comes to Pesach. But that is actually, I want to argue, in a certain sense, it's a mistake. We should really try to understand what Sfiras Omer is. Now, I'd say that um, the basic halachic reason for the Sfiras Omer is really what we find in a lot of holidays, which we don't really realize, but a lot of the holidays, particularly the Shlosh Vergalen, they have halachic agricultural significance, which we don't appreciate anymore because we, you know, we don't live with the same agricultural lifestyle as all the farmers did so long ago. Um, but that said... Pesach, um, for example, is a time that we're judged regarding the tefuah that we're going to have for the year, the grains. Um, Sukkot is, is also it's a time of ingathering of harvest, but there it's talking about the harvest of other such fruits, like we find the 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 Zion minim, and we have we have a bikurim on Yom Kippur. On sorry, on Shavuos as well. And on Shavuos, the significance um, is really um, we have the wheat harvest, and it's then that we're judged about all the fruits we're going to have. So this is the time that we're judged for water. And all of this speaks also to the idea of Tfilas Geshem and Tfilas Tal, which we spoke about a little bit last week. Um, you know, the, the connection to you know, the, the, the rain being our prayer for the water that we need 
and the water that certain kinds of crops need. But now we just prayed for tal, which is really supposed to help the tvua and the, so the yield, um, you know, because certain, um, certain kinds of produce can't take intense rains and they need just lighter dew. But anyway, that said, that you could not just eat from grains as you wish. Right, um, according to halacha, you have to acknowledge Hashem every step of the way, and at least at the you know at the beginning of the process. So, if you wanted to partake of barley, for example, you'd have to wait. Um, you can't t- partake of new barley from the new barley season without first offering the carbon omer. The carbon omer is known as a matir. It is a permit for you to then partake of the barley. And once we have the um, dedicated the first to Hashem, so then we can partake. And the same thing for the Shtei Halachem, which comes around Shavuos time. Now, the Shtei Halachem is obviously um, brought from wheat, and that's the beginning of the wheat harvest, and you cannot partake of any new wheat until the Matir of Shtei Halachem comes around on Shavuos. And this is uh, something that, if you learn Masechus Menachos, you can learn a lot about that topic. Now, this is something that all of what I just said is something that you may or may not have known, because we all think of Sphere Somer for the other reason, you know, that, that um, the other significance that's ascribed to it, which actually came later, comes from the Ran and the Sefer HaChinuch. They both talk about how Sphere Somer is the countdown or perhaps the count up to the, um, the, the event of Kabbalah Satorah, Matan Torah. 49 days after we left Mitzrayim, we received the Torah. And it's interesting that the Torah never once highlights this aspect of Sefer Saomer, um, and, and Shavuos for that matter. Shavuos being the day of Matan Torah, Kabbalah, Torah, we don't find that in the Torah. We find that in Chazal, we find that in tradition, we don't find that anywhere else. Maybe we find it in our tefillah, right, my Matan Torah Senu. And what we'll have to discuss eventually here at the podcast, here at the database, is why that is, and why what to us is the main part of Shavuos and the main part of Sfer Somer is in fact not um, what we find in, in the Chumash, and it's not what we find in all the original sources. So that's something that you'll have to tune in and you know stay tuned, and then later tune in to learn more about the, um, the this. Um, th- this aspect of the significance of Sphere Somer, which we can relate to, which apparently is only the drash level of Sphere Somer. How can we plug it back into the Peshat in terms of the relationship that the season of working our way towards Kabbalah Satorah, what does that have to do with the agriculture? Now, the, an- the answer is it has plenty to do with it. How so? That's uh, not, not for now. That's a little bit beyond the scope of what we're going to be talking about now. Now, again... There's plenty of layers within Pardes, Pardes, which we talk about in the podcast every now and then, Pshat, Remez, Drash, and Sod, different levels of how to expound on any topic in Torah, and Pshat's obviously always the simple, straightforward read, Drash is always the subtextual aspect of it, the, the exegetical aspect of it, um, and then uh, Remez is you know, the... The, uh, the illusions, the hints, the coded aspects, and so it obviously refers to the deeper secrets which are founded in Kabbalah. So I, and presumably you, unless you're one of my rare colleagues who has um, 
learned these topics in some level of depth, so we are not experts in the Torah of Kabbalah. But Sphere Saomer is one of those areas where anyone who knows anything about Kabbalah, they, they know about the Spheros. And there is something to relate to in terms of the growth aspect of Sphere Saomer. Right, so the you know you can look in any art scroll sitter, and this is one of the places where even the art scroll will bring down the Kabbalistic significance, at least in very in very brief layman terms, what the Kabbalistic significance of the Sfiras Omer is. And for that, we'll ha- we'll have to come back to it, because this is something that I think is worth our. Um, our attention, at least, at the very least worth our attention and possibly worth our application, our mental and um, our emotional and willpower, and to put it into practice, there is what we can do even from the baseline, you know, um, Kabbalistic aspect of Sriya Somer. So I want to come back to that. But the idea is that if we're assuming that Sriya Somer is not just an agricultural cycle, or at least an agricultural juncture, an um, agricultural part of the year, Um, if if it's something more than that. So we know that at the very least there's the count-up to Kabbalah Satora, but this seems to be Alpi Kabbalah, a time of Tikkun Hamidos. And in the past we've mentioned other um, Tukufos for that. We mentioned in the past um, Shovavim, which we said Shovavim is also a time of Tikkun Hamidos, particularly the, the, the bris, the shmira sabris. And one of the things that I had suggested back in the Real Talk Torah podcast on, on Shovavim was um, perhaps the idea that Shovavim was the quote-unquote biblical um, version of, of, of a sphere saomer, as, as it turns out on our calendar. The Chakal Yitzchak, whom I've quoted in the past on this podcast, he, um, the Chakra Yitzchak was, um, um, his, his first name was Yitzchak, he was one of the Hasidish Rebbes, the Spinka Rebbe, and the Chakra Yitzchak had suggested, um, and I've heard this from Rav Mordechai Satorsky on Torah anytime, but he had suggested that whenever you have a Kriya Torah that is um, laying on a Yom Tov, so that Kriya Torah that's laying on whatever Yom Tov it's laying on, whenever it's actually that time, when it's that turn for that Parsha during the year, so that means that on a, uh, he qu- on, uh, considers it on a Diyarisa level, on a biblical sort of level, it has the energy of that holiday. So the, uh, the classical example would be um, Zos Chanukah, which is taken from Parsha's Bahalosicha, at least part of it is Bahalosicha. So whenever the Kriya Torah of the week um, is Parsha's Bahalosicha, so that has a little bit of the energy on a biblical level, so to speak, of Chanukah. So I wanted to suggest that Shovavim was actually a time of Sefer Saomer, in a certain sense, that when we're laning from Shamos through Mishpatim, which is Kabbalah Satora, so we're really actually living in the quote-unquote biblical Sfirasa Omer period, where the Torah is, is holding by the topic of Sfirasa Omer, which makes it a, a, an auspicious time for working on our Midos and for working on, on our Tahara and working on our Shmir Sabris and things of that nature. So, we have that, that you know, in Kabbalah there are plenty of auspicious times, and Apparently, we are in one of these auspicious times right now of Sfirah Omer, where apparently, 
And so the question is, I guess, what is the connection between what I'm now suggesting, the, the period of Shovavim and Sefer Saomer in terms of Tikkun Abris, Tikkun Amidos, and all these different kinds of Tikkunim. So the idea is very simple, that these are all preparations for Kabbalah Satora. We actually know that when when um, um, Moshe Rabbeinu was warning the Bnei Israel before they received the Torah, on his own, Moshe Rabbeinu actually urged the Bnei Israel to separate from their spouses, to engage in, in a Tahara process where they would reach a level of Kedusha where they were um, where, where they were wearing clean clothes and they were not um, engaging in relations with their spouses. And this was a time where they were they were um, having extra precautions in in, in Ruchnias, and that led them on their way to Kabbalah Satora. So that's one aspect. This um, comes to light again when you consider sources. Um, like the Orachayim, and I recently heard that the Zohar says something similar, um, that the period of the um, of Sfiras Omer, which is again a, a, a seven-week cycle, it's more of a magnified macrocosm sort of um, version of the Zion Nikiyim, of a woman. You know, when she, uh, when, when a woman becomes Anita and then she needs seven clean days, so we, and then and, and she actually has to count. This is one of the only three times in Chumash that you have a biblical command to count something. So a woman has a Chiyav to count the Zion Nikiyim, and um, we have the, the Chiyav of counting Sefer Saomer. And so in this vein, the idea of Sefer Saomer being a time of counting, it's a time of cleanliness. It's a time that we're trying to not just let the days pass us by, but if we're heading towards something, if we're heading towards that union with Hashem, with Kabbalah Satora, so we have to clean ourselves up and get ourselves ready. The Zohar also brings down that it's also like the, the seven days that a baby lives life before the baby experiences his bris milah. What I think is very interesting about this is this connects to something that we said in the past um, regarding the, the woman's role in the, in the place of brismila. So we, said, we had suggested that the equivalent of a woman for the man's brismila is the mitzvah and the whole the halachos of nida. And this actually, these two come together. They both actually appear in cycles of seven and then the, then the eighth. So that we had, and also in Sfirasa Omer, cycles of seven, right, seven days, seven clean days, seven days of the baby's life, and then finally, at the very end of that cycle, the baby gets the brismila, or the woman um, returns to her husband, and we have both of these taking place in Sfirasa Omer in a certain sense. There's the growth of the man, the growth of the woman, and everything comes together really nicely. So while that is understood, what can we do practically? in terms of growth in these areas. Well, what kind of um, exercises can we do in Ruchnias to prepare ourselves for the, you know, for, 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 for Kabbalah Satora, this deeper significance to Sira Somer? In terms of the agricultural aspect, that is something that Blinader, we will come back to it in a future episode. So just stay tuned for that. Perhaps it'll be in a special Shavuos um, um, shear. So just um, so just hold on for that one, and it'll tie everything back in between the pshat and the drash of, of Shavuos and Sfirah Somer, so you know, you'll have a very thorough answer to that. I want to just focus on the practical. We have this preparation period, and 
one of the explanations for it is that if we're about to accept the Torah, then derech eretz kadma la Torah, right? Before you can get the Torah, you have to just make yourself a decent human being and an uplifted human being in a certain sense to make yourself a vessel that is that is rotway, that is befitting to accept the Torah. Um, so in order to do that, we have to work on ourselves. So what can we do and how can we use the lofty Kabbalistic idea of Sira Soma to our advantage in a way that we can relate to it, in a way that we could apply it here in our real lives, you know, not being experts in Kabbalah. What can we do with it? So there are a lot of different um, um, spiritual activities you can do. Some people have the, um, I don't know if I would call it a minhag, but they would, um, people would have this new limud where they would introduce, for example, if you're not doing dafiomi, but you want to, you know, you want to take on a limud. So it's interesting that Mesecha Sota, which is really connected to the Omer offering, which came from barley. So the only, the other, the only other barley offering was the, the, the Minchas Sota, um, which she brought. And there's connection between the two because barley is known as animal food. And this woman is being accused of having acted like an animal. And, we, and there's, there's what to be said about the progression between barley, from barley to wheat, from Pesach to Shavuos. Again, something that we'll come back to. But for us, um, Sota has um, a 48 daf, and some people like to do a daf a day throughout Sphere Summer to complete Sota. What's interesting is Mesechus Shavuos, which also, um, you know, it sounds like it's about Shavuos, it's really about pledges and about vows and halachic oaths. But even so, if you want to take on a limud, so some people will do a daf a day of Shavuos, which is also about 48 daf um, or so. So these are things, if you're not doing the daf, these are things that you might want to do just for for spiritual um, improvements, just in terms of learning. Just you know, the, the best thing a person could do for themselves is to learn Torah. Now, obviously, learning a daf a day of Gemara is not for everybody, so um, the, the, I wouldn't suggest this for all people, or even necessarily most people, but these are just things to think of. Um, if you want to work on Tikkun Hamidos, so the, um, in terms of the Kabbalistic significance of all of these, of, you know, of, of, of the spheros. Um, I, and I keep on referencing it, but I also gloss over it at the same time, the spheros. So there are, um, really, there are 10 spheros, going back to the Kabbalistic aspect, there are 10 spheros um, through which Hashem relates to the world. Um, really, um, there, are the, there are three of them that are kind of beyond us. They're known as Chabad, Chachma Binada'as, these are part of what's referred to as the Kesar. I'm just throwing out terms that I don't know what they mean, but I'm familiar with the terms only because of basic knowledge of Kabbalistic terms that people know. Um, but then the, the, the seven that we're supposedly able to relate to more, because these are the, the, sphe- the spheres. This is how I'm choosing to translate spheros. The spheres... It works out really well. Sometimes you have things like that, like Kanfei Shechina. Some people say the wings of the Divine Presence. Um, a better translation or a nicer translation is Canopy. Kanfei Canopy, so Spheros, Spheres. Um, it just sounds good. Um, but the spheres through which we can re- that through which Hashem relates to the world, the emanations through which Hashem relates to the world, are human aspects which we really have, and we're going to try to talk about all of them at some point. But there's Chesed, Gvura, Teferes, Neitzach, Hod, Yisod, and Malchus. 
these terms are just terms, but some of them sound like things that we can relate to, like chesed, meaning kindness. Okay, that sounds like something that we could hold on to. Um, Gavura, which is might. And I want to argue that all of these are things that, you know, even in the most basic terms, we can hold on and latch on and do something with any of these terms. Um, but the, basically, the way it works is for each um, each day of Sviros Omer corresponds, so each, each week corresponds to one of these seven Sviros, and each day corresponds to um, one of these seven spheros plus another one of the spheros. In other words, um, the first day is, um, since it's seven weeks of seven, right, so it's, um, right, because seven weeks are naturally going to be of seven, um, each one, because a week is seven days. But seven weeks of seven, you have, um, you have the uh, chesed, let's say the first week is chesed, so then day one is chesed of chesed. Then day two is Gevura of Chesed. And then day three is Teferis of Chesed. Finally, when you get to the end of the week, it's the week of Gevura. And the first day of that is Chesed of Gevura. And then is Gevura of Gevura. And then the day after that is Teferis of Gevura. So, and how exactly we will be able to understand all these things is most probably beyond the scope of this podcast and beyond the scope of most people's ways of thinking, unless, you know, you're holding in Kabbalah. But what I want us to be able to do is to relate to these um, these ideas in basic terms so that we can apply them into something um, tangible for us in our Avodah Hashem. So that, they're, they're, you know, and these are things you could work on. And if you want something more practical, I don't blame you if you prefer to just open a Mesiyos Sharm because Mesiyos Sharm is great. Um, the reason Mesiyos uh, Sharm is on my mind is because the Brisa of Rabbi Pinchas ben Yair, which Mesiyos Sharm is based off of, um, came up in the Daf um, today in, uh, in Shkalim, Daf Tess, at least in most, um, in most versions of Mesiyos Shkalim, um, which is also, but it's really, um, there's a slightly different version of the same Brisa um, that Mesiyos Sharm is really based off of in Mesiyos Sharm and Daf Chaf. But Mesiyos Sharm by the Ramchal is a great guidebook for Tikkun Hamidos in terms of in terms of um, different phases in Avodas Hashem. So if you if you think and by the way, working on yourself is not just a fluffy um, endeavor. Like it's it's really like you need a manual for it. Mesiyos Sharm is a great manual. I want to suggest that you know Sefer Omer lends itself to another form of manual, and part of that manual is the idea of these spheros, which we're going to try to relate to. And I want to put those in combination with um, a pretty famous Mishnah in Pirkei Avos. It's really a brysa in Pirkei Avos. Right? The whole sixth chapter of Avos is really not part of the Mishnayos. Uh, people have the minog of learning the entire Pirkei Avos throughout the weeks of Sviras Omer. That I fully recommend. I wholeheartedly recommends learning Perkevus during this time. But in terms of the sixth chapter, which are really the Brysos, the removed portions that didn't make it into the Mishnayis, yet we have a minog of including it with our Mishnayis. So the chapter is referred to as Kenyan Torah, the way to acquire the Torah. And in that sixth chapter of Perkevus, in the sixth Brysa, or you might think of it as the sixth Mishnah, but the sixth Brysa, so there the uh, Perkevus records the 48 Kinyane Torah. There are 48 ways of acquiring Torah, 48 aspects of, of Torah acquisition. And they are typically plugged in, or I don't know if they're typically done this, but there are some yeshivas that had the minhag of applying each one of these Kinyane Torah 
on their way up to Kabbalah Torah, if they want to acquire the Torah, so they try to apply the Kinyane Torah. And what I want to do in the coming weeks is have, so have a series, a Sphera special, if you will. And this Sphera special will feature in once a week where we will focus on the broader week. So this first week will be the week of Chesed, which is the first of the Spheros. We'll talk a little bit about what that might mean for us. And then we'll try to also talk about the seven Kenyane Torah, the seven acquisitions of Torah that will, that will apply for each week. And this way, we have something to think about in terms of our Torah learning. We'll have, we'll have, a, we'll have a way to grow through the Kenyane Torah. And one, one thing that we'll also have to speak about is why there are only 48 if there are 49 days of the Omer. What happens on that last day? So that's something that also has to be discussed. Uh, there's an idea that my Rebbe of Yonason Sachs shares every year on this exact topic in question. So, Bezra Hashem, you just stay tuned and we'll get to it. But hopefully this um, crash course on, on Sphere Saomer has piqued your interest a little bit so that you'll tune back in to the Sphere Special and Bezra Hashem will be able to use this, um, this Tekufa, this cycle, this juncture of the year, this season, to really improve our midos, prepare ourselves for Kabbalah Torah, and to understand what the process of Sferis Omer is really about through the lenses of, of Chazal, through, the, through maybe a, a basic lens, getting a glimpse into the Kabbalistic aspect, because apparently there is what to be said here. Um, and Hashem, we will be able to grow together in this endeavor. All right. That's all the time we have left for this Real Talk Torah. So in the meantime, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Thanks for joining us here at the Database.